Welcome to part two of episode 37 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. In part two, I continue to converse with John Kraj Kranovic about his football journey. Sincere thanks to John for allowing me to speak with him for over two hours in his home. I sincerely respect his time. Please enjoy the second part to episode 37. So you 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 you're sticking it out there. You you did the so, season. So I stick I stuck it out there. I did the season, and um, I heard they were going to go on an overseas trip to Croatia, and that really sort of I thought, you know what, I'm going to I'd love to maybe make that squad if things work out. But as it was, they only, they took the two keepers and they didn't take me. So I said, look, I'm actually going to go um, overseas. I really want to go. Yep do something different I'm going to go overseas I want to do a bit of travel which I've never done and I'm actually I want to line up some trials because I've played National League in Australia some clubs might look at me even though knowing full well most clubs in Europe unless you played for Australia Australia. they didn't really want to look at you but I got some good. I actually contacted Les Murray and Les gave me a bunch of clubs in Belgium and France that I could contact I I I had relatives, mum's second cousin lived in Nuremberg. Yep. This is a nice little story too because I based myself in Nuremberg and, and, and he had a friend who was involved with Nuremberg FC, big Bundesliga club. And it was fantastic because I said to him, look, is there any chance you can line me up some training with them? I'd love to go train and maybe yeah. trial suit, suit, you know, and this is a big, big club, you know. So they were coached by Ari Hahn. Dutch international. I know you remember yeah. the two bombs he scored against Italy. He had the, one of the <laughs> best shots of anyone in the world. Like, he'd hit him from 30-35. And even though he was middle-aged, he could still hit a ball. And their goalkeeper was Andy Kopke, Andreas Kopke, who was the German national team number two yeah. in the 1990 World Cup, Cup yep. to Bodo Ilgner. So he was very revered in, in West Germany and in that, that club they loved him at Nuremberg so here I am I'm in Nuremberg I'm t- trying to keep myself fit it's quite hot they're doing um, they're doing their training and I turn up at training I put my gear on and there was a Croatian international that they introduced me to he was a nice guy I can't remember his name he's really good looking bloke with long blonde hair and <laughs> played for Croatia and, and then there was some Germans who come in and then the two goalkeepers there well, one was Andy Kopke and the other one was Hungarians number one his name was oh, what was it? Uh, so they're the two guys I was training with. I'm going, oh my dooly, you know. So I was pretty. What an experience! That's huh? a great, exactly an experience. So um, went out there, did a bit of a session, and 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 he wanted to see what I was like. So he started hitting some balls at me. Ari Hahn did, and um, and I went okay, you know. I was making some saves, and and then he said, okay, we're going to play some games now. And we did we did some training, we played some games, and and um, um, played a bit of shiver and stuff like yep. that and then they put me in the sticks and and so I was in one goal and Andy Kopke was in the other goal and um, and um, and I went okay you know but he, he actually he came up to me and said look I've got I've got these guys you know you can train with us for a couple of sessions but yeah. you're not signing anyone and I said look I realise that but I'm just just a great experience wow. you know and I had a couple of other little things lined up in England so um, but Andy Kopke went on to be their number one yeah, that's he, right. he ended up playing when they won the Euros in 90, a bit later in England. Yep. And, oh no, he was their keeper. 
He must have been their keeper in '94 as well. Anyway, he, he ended up being their keeper. He was their keeper in '94. He ended up being their keeper, I think, for for quite a few years. Their number one, Germany's number one. He wasn't a big guy, and and, um, and now he's there. As far as I know, it was for quite a few years. He's there. He's Germany's national team goalkeeper coach. So that's a pretty cool guy to, to train with. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. And so uh, in England, um, did you get England to was just, uh, train with a couple Richard, of coaches? Richard Evans gave me a couple of contacts with some yep. lower clubs, and I, I went and trained with Sutton United, and, and, um, and um, but even even in England, like playing training with a lower team like that, their goalkeeper was Arsenal's reserve team keeper. Like, uh, okay, being good, lined, you know, yeah. like, so they just they got so many teams and so many keepers, they all just sort of worked their way down the line, unless you and then and like I said, being you know without work permits and being Australian, Australian and not being an international. Yeah, yeah. It was a great experience, but I, I, it's a, this is not going not gonna to happen really. I think back then there was a rule, you had to play, to get a, a work permit over there, you had to play so many games for Australia. So guys like Robbie Slater and Arnie and guys like that and Ned Zellich, whoever that, that went overseas and played professionally, they, they, um, they, they had to get their caps first. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, but I mean, I was never good enough anyway. But I'm just saying, the experience is still fantastic. that exposure. Training in England was good, and then I just got a really good job in London, and um, I just worked. I kept myself fit. Took a year off football. Yep. And travelled and watched lots of football. Went to you know Crystal Palace, Sellers Park when <laughs> they were playing. Went to Wimbledon Park when they were playing. And just loved the experience, the culture, the history, the music scene in London. Just loved wow. it. And um, and then kept going around the world, went to the Canada, the States, and, and come back. And that's when I thought, you know, I've got to get back into. I've had a year off, yep. which at my age wasn't a lot, but um, I got back, and um, and it's a funny story again. I got back, and and I rang Sydney because I was still their player, and I said, look, yep. uh, Wollongong United have asked me to come training. There's a new Polish coach there, and he was bringing a keeper down from Sydney that he liked, and I thought, oh god, this might be tough, and. And, um, and they said, are you fit? And I said, I'm getting there. I've done some training. Can you get yourself back up here? There's 10 games to go. We'll give you a short-term contract. You're going to be number two to Zilko Kalitz because Mark Bosnich actually come back to Australia and signed for Sydney, Croatia. Oh, okay. And Mark, I don't know what it was, but he let himself go a bit. I wasn't here yep. to witness any of this, but he was the number one. The team wasn't doing so crash hot. Spider was coming through, putting a lot of pressure on him, and Mark got dropped. I don't think Mark liked that. The guy I was talking to at the club, uh, Vince, he said, look, um, Mark Bosnich has bought his own contract, 25000 He's going to Aston Villa. He flew out yesterday or tomorrow, whenever it was. And I, he said, we need you up here. We need an experienced keeper to be in there in case something happens to Zelko. And I went back up there. So this is not the 91-92 season? This is, this is the start of 90. Yeah, this is so I got home very early '92, and yep. this is then. So it was the end of that, that summer 91, soccer 92 period. Season, yeah. Yeah. So I went up there, and and um, it was fantastic. I was training again. Steve Watson, club legend goalkeeper, I was the goalkeeper coach. I always got on well with Spider, so we, um, we 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 trained hard together, and and I was happy to do that role. And I didn't have a job when I got home, and and I thought this is great, you know. And they said, actually, you really impressed us. We want you to come back to next year's pre-season, but you need to go play somewhere. And I said, look, it's going to be hard to find a club now. Everyone's got their keepers. Yeah. And it's funny, my old mate Dave Naylor rang me at Balgownie. Yeah. He said, what are you doing? And I said, um, I don't know, we bumped into each other or he saw me. I said, 
he's looking at keeper Derek Morton's hurt his shoulder. I need a goalkeeper, and I said, look, if you can get me on, we'll get. If you can get me on loan, I'll play a lot of Premier League. At least it's a decent level. And, and you're keeping a and level of fitness and, 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 and I'm keeping sharpness. fit. And I'm not going to go play State League anywhere now. I'm not, I've got nowhere yeah. to go. And Bally, it was fantastic. It's like going back to my roots, going yeah, back definitely. to playing with guys like Graham Lovett, Davey Blackburn, and then all the young guns are coming through. Danny Valustra, Greg Yeoman, Matty Horsley. Yeah. And, and Richard Peel actually played with us in the Champion of Champions as a, as a great young player. Andrew Naylor. I went back and played with all those guys, and I absolutely loved it. Really good. Yeah, it would have been, I guess, extraordinary. Um, you know, it had been a period of time that you're back on duty masters. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, obviously I, I hadn't played for over a year, and, yeah. and um, um, but I kept myself in shape, and and then yeah, back on duty masters, and um, that was good. Remember playing? Got a couple of man of the matches, and we struggled at first, a couple of games. Um, and then we sort of really got it together and, and we strung a lot of games together and we, we finished in the we finished that year we just got hit by so many injuries right at the death but we finished playing a replay in the major semi and we would have played Fig Tree in the grand final but we had half the team missing gone out injured and we just couldn't um, we just couldn't compete with a really a really gun Coniston side yeah. and we lost 1-0 yeah, 1-0. And from what Dave said, it was uh, yeah. equalised. It had gone in the net and um, um, uh, I think it was Mario Mastriani had uh, blown full time or, or something like well, that. That's how he recalled it. There was, there was another game like that that I was involved in. But, yeah, it, it was very, actually it was very controversial. That, that game was controversial. And the guy who beat me with the header was the shortest guy on the pitch. It was even shorter than Ricky Pill. It was uh, <laughs> Rady Stefanoski. Um, but they were a gun side. They were player coaches, Harry Satin, they had Graham Fletcher, they had, they had James Petrisky and all these other guys. They had a really good side. And they only beat and We had like half a team. And we held out. I remember I had my, my head split open by Milo Vlasky, Phil Torpy. probably fainted because I had so much blood pouring out of my chin. <laughs> um, he kicked me in the chin. But it was a good game, good memories. And it was a shame because I would have loved to have been in a grand final. Because the year before, Bally actually won the grand final. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I, and, and, and I really would have loved to have uh, played in a grand final. And then straight after that, oh, actually before that even, I was, I was back uh, doing pre-season with Sydney Croatia. And, and things were looking good. Yep. Things were looking good. Um, they had uh, John Cosmina as the coach, Mick Hickman. So they'd seen me, they'd, they knew me, and they were happy with the way I was going at pre-season. I said, look, I'm playing for a local club in Wollongong, but I'll come in a training. Yep. I was mixing the two. And then we got knocked out, and then I, I was back up there full-on training. training. And, and Zelko, they said, yeah, we've got Zelko's, you know, he was the current. Him and Schwarzer were the two best young keepers coming through. And he said, look, we're happy to have you here, but Zelko's pretty much going to be our number yeah. one. I mean, the guy's six foot nine. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a mammoth. really good keeper. And he went on to play, you know, 64 games for Australia, played Champions League, won the Champions League with AC Milan. So I was up against some stiff competition. So, um, But then things went all bad towards the end there because um, they, they, the coaches were in disagreement with the board over bringing in new players. Okay. They quit. New, new coach come in, Manfred Schaefer. Manfred Schaefer said, oh, I really like you, but you, you, I'm bringing Tony Franken from Arpia back to the club. I'm going to have Franken and Kalitz as my keepers. I'm going to let you go on a free transfer. And they did. 
so I did, and I went and signed for Cringilla. Cringilla. And 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 uh, although uh, uh, Cringilla then went on to have a great year, you you must have been slightly disappointed. Yes, yeah, yeah. As much as I, I really enjoyed that year playing in a very strong winning Cringilla side with with some great mates there that I that I that I you know and Balgani boys come over yeah. a few of them, Matty Horsley come over and Graham Lovett as well. And um, I made some really good friends here. Steve Krishna, I got on really well with Steve and, and, and all the guys. And, and Eric Thompson was a, a great man. Just go and... So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to play, get back into work, enjoy my football. If something happens, it happens. And and I did have a good season there and a very successful season. And and, um, and Dave Ratcliffe came knocking on my door. He was a coach of the Wolves and he said, look, I've got Brett Hughes as my number one, yep. good keeper, and I'm looking for a good experience number two and you fit the bill but I'm trialling another guy from Sydney and, and I was in a battle and, and I really worked hard and, I, and, I, and towards the end of the congealer season I, I tore my calf muscle so it took me quite a, quite a few weeks to get over that injury which slowed me down I'd keep feeling it and a bit of scar yeah. tissue here and there and it wasn't a good injury for a goalkeeper because the calf is like the worst injury <laughs> Anyway, um, but then Dave decided, had to make a decision, and he, and he picked me. He said, he yep. said I'm going off your contract. So I was like, wow, I'm back in the mix. I'm back at yeah. the Wolves. The Wolves are a great side because we were full of local product. Yep. You know, Richard Lloyd, Claude Cellini, Matt Horsley, uh, I think Trothy, just a whole bunch yeah. of Wollongong guys, Stevie Forshaw, um, and, and I said, oh, of course I'm going to sign a contract here. You know, So for that summer season, 93... I was uh, back in the walls and so Brett Hughes, number one, me, first grade, number two backup keeper, and then there's a really hot young goalkeeper called Adrian Thompson. Yeah. He was in the national under-17s, Joey's, and I was training with him and I was going, wow, this guy's not big, but geez, he's good. From, <laughs> he was from Balambi, really think, good. Yeah. From Balambi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really good young goalkeeper and probably, yeah, probably should have played a high level, really, I think. So for you, it was still, I guess, um, vindication that you still had something to show that, you know, Ratcliffe yeah. had you on his radar? Yeah, so I would have been um, 27, 28, 28, oh, I don't know, something like that, yeah, 27. Yep. Um, and, and, and Dave, you know, he knew, he knew me for when I did that pre-season before. Yep. And, and then all that transfer fee and all that rubbish had all gone because... They knew they stuffed me around at Sydney, so they gave me the free. No, no, that wasn't a free. They gave me a loan. The first okay. year was loan. That's right. It was loan. So, because they always want to make money out of you, so they said, "Okay, we'll let you go on loan to Cringilla, and then, um, and then, and then." Oh yeah, that's right. I think the Wolves had to pay a few dollars for me. I don't know what I think it was, but I think they had to pay something. I can't remember. Anyway, there's something like that. But, but, but. Um, it was still, I guess, like you said, um, he he had you in his mind, and and I guess you you you're still playing second fiddle, but yeah, you're part of yeah. part of the NSL still. Yeah, I, I, well, I was, yeah, yeah, because I wanted to actually. I thought, you know what? Because they picked an Illawarra team, and I really wanted to be in that team. I thought, oh, I'd love to be in that team. I thought I was playing good enough to be in that team, and 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 Tom said, Johnny, I can't pick you anyway. You're not an Illawarra Premier League player. You're you're a Sydney Croatia player. You're alone. <laughs> and I went, oh, really? <laughs> so, I mean, he picked, he picked two keepers, good keepers anyway. I think he picked Spider and um, Steve Skoklewski, the Connors keeper. He was yeah. really good. 
So I was like, oh, so it just would have been nice to play Villa Warriors. Really, you know, just, a, I'd never just done a proceed, procedural, just a bit say, of paper saying you. I loved it because I, I, I did have a good season with Crinny that year. We had a good side, and um, I think I think defensively we still got a record. How many consecutive clean sheets? We went close to very very close to 10, 10 clean sheets. And and what about the man Eric in Thompson in terms of his yeah, coaching? Love, love Tomo, love Tomo, a guy who really knew his players, another gentleman, and a very uh, astute coach. Actually, he was good. And and his right hand man was Zivko Rostovsky. Because I went, because Dave Naylor said, "Oh, do you want to? Can you come back and play for Bally?" And I said, "Well, I don't know what my future is at the moment, but Cringilla want me to come over there." Because Zivko rang me and said, "Johnny, we're putting together a good side." And and um, I heard quite a few of the Bally boys were actually leaving that side too. And I thought, oh, well, Cringilla, that sounds like a good option. And then playing again with, you know, guys like, like Sifka, who I grew yeah. up with at my age, and, 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 and having a lot of respect for Eric. Because um, Eric had had the year off, I think. He had something, I'm not sure what happened. Yeah, at something had happened at the end of the 91 season. Something happened, yeah. And, and, and Eric didn't coach. So he had the fire in the belly to get back into coaching and... Yep. He was. They were obviously contacting players, and and they heard that I was. I went up to Queensland for a bit of a break and did scuba diving, and and was just sort of chilling and, and doing a bit of travelling. And then I got the phone call. Um, Look, come down. We're putting a gun side together at Cringilla, and um, and it was a gun side. I think we won four trophies in a row straight off the bat. We won the comp, the grand final, the Coronel Leagues Club, and the, the next. No, the. Yeah, it's four. I don't know, from memory, it was. It was, yeah, a, it was good, a. I, it was a really I, I don't think uh, Cringilla or many other sides have, have done what that side did. Yeah, that was a good side. So you, you stayed at Cringilla for another couple of years, and and um, although you know you're in your late twenties, uh, did you still think that you could have possibly uh, you didn't have another chance with the Wolves? Um, yeah, I had that one season at the Wolves, and and unfortunately for me, it was a tough season because um, once again. You, they didn't sit keepers on the bench, so I played youth team. Some weeks I didn't play at all, and then and Brett Hughes, well, he was outstanding. He got he played every game, just about, and he and he won the National League Goalkeeper of the Year award. So he was like, unless he got sick or injured, I couldn't get a game. You yeah. Know? So I played. So, so that was that was tough. Um, but also towards the end of the year, I had a really bad elbow, and yep. I and I said, look, I need to get my elbow fixed, and um, I, I actually. Um, I didn't even, the last couple of games, I think I went and booked that operation because I yep. wanted to have another year again in the next season with Cringilla. And, and I did that and, and I had my operation uh, operation on my elbow. I didn't do any pre-season except running and, and keep my fit. And then um, we got into the pre-season Coromel Leafs Club knockout final and Tomo put me straight in, straight in. First game for ages and hadn't even played operation. And um, and we won. We beat a really good West Victory team in the final. I think it was with West Victory. First victory or no, it's first victory or bull, one of those, and um, and we won. So I had that, oh, got that got, taste of it again. I got that taste of it again, and then we had another really good year with Cringilla that year. We got pipped, pipped in the thing. But but I did. I was I started getting prone to injuries. I started uh, my knee started to buckle, and, and yep. um, I had an injury, a bad, uh, a slightly torn anterior cruciate. So I was yep. playing with a, a torn. A damaged cruise ship but it wasn't all the way so I, I played with a brace on my knee and I just I just wasn't at my best yep. but I was in a good team um, and um, yeah so continued on but we did win the grand final and, and it still ended up being a great season 
that 94 season. We were still successful. And you stayed with them in 95 as well, so... Yeah, I, felt, I, I just felt loyal. I yep. felt loyal and the club never did the wrong thing by me. But a lot of the good players had left and it was a, a, a rebuilding phase and, and we were nowhere near as strong as we were. And I, I wasn't... I started a new job. It was very stressful. I was working Saturdays. I was working in travel. So it was like a different... Yep different feel to what I was like it was mentally very stressful it was uh, I was committing to a lot of stuff I wasn't training no really I had I playing with an injury and, and I didn't have a great year I, I admit it and, and, um, and Tom even said to me you didn't have a great year I said no I didn't mate. I don't know I, I don't know what I'm going to do next year and and, um, and but I still wanted to keep playing yep but I think I'd had enough of Cringilla it was three years and yep. very successful and then a little bit a little bit ordinary, and but no real feeling towards that club. Great club, looked after me. I loved playing there. And then um, I think Ricky Fox rang me out of the blue from Northern United and yeah. said, "Look, where you living?" I said, "I'm living in Coral." He goes, "Would you like to come play for us?" And I went, "Oh, and some great guys there, you know. Claude was there, and Billy Glancy, and Robbie Giraldi, I think. And uh, yeah, Robbie Giraldi, I'm yeah. coaching that side, and and, um, and 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 they were a good bunch of guys. And I thought, oh, trainers just up the road. I've got." I got two. Um, I um, sorry, I got two. I, 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 um, I was I was busy with work. I was doing the long shifts on. The, I ended up leaving the travel job and doing the SO oil rig and and um, look, I training was just up the road. I just fit. It just fit my lifestyle. I said I'll just play for Coral, have fun, train. My my career's starting to come. Yep. You know, starting to starting to taper off a bit. With with in mind, always wanted to do some goalkeeping coaching. Yeah. So I'll play for as long as I can, and then see what happens. And and um, got married that year, so it was just a big year. Big year personally. in a lot of ways. Getting married, buying a house, playing football, all that sort of stuff. And then and then um, yeah, it was just um, good experience. That still got some really good friends from from there. And and what about? Um Sort of uh, uh, Phil Matthias in in '97. Then, um, well, yeah, well, well, I, I, um, I had a few friends, a couple of friends that were playing. Lysarts were a good side too, and 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 Phil rang me and said, "Look, uh, Warwick Young's not going to play anymore. Do you yep. like to play?" And I said, "Hell yeah, I'll play." And I, and and I and I went in and I got myself so fit. I trained the house down. I was really looking forward to a great season, and they did have a good side. And then in the pre-season, I had some great pre-season games. Yep. Um, I was, you know, we were in the Coronel League Club knockout, yep. stuff like that. Winning tight games, winning shootouts and all that sort of stuff. And then there was a game down at Bulimia and I just, I just remember a change in direction and my knee just went pop. It just popped on me and I didn't know exactly what happened and... and um, and I went and got it checked out. I went training, and then my, my knee just collapsed on me every time I did something. I thought, oh, this is no good. I'm gone. Horrible. And sure enough, it's um, so that was, a, that was a tough year as well. My, my dad had cancer, and so I had a lot of things on my plate. Dad, dad only had like you know three months to live. My soccer career's pretty much stopped. Um, yep. You know, we had a baby on the way. My wife was pregnant, so. Um, you know, I didn't know what to do with Dad, and uh, so I went. And I had the reconstruct, and Warwick ended up playing because I couldn't play. Warwick ended up playing another year, and Flysarts yep. had a successful season. Yeah, they, they did, did too. really well. And I had to sit it out, you know, crutches, operation, and, um, and then d- and Dad putting, burying Dad, and all that. So, so it's a very tough year. But but I, I had the reco done, and I thought, you know what, this is not the end of me. And I worked quite hard to get that 
that still uh, had that, that desire to. So, uh, and six months later, I um, I was back on the pitch. Warwick actually rang me and said, "Look, I'm not going to play anymore, but if you're fit, the job's yours." You know, and I said, "Okay." And Lysart had lost quite a few players as well. Yep. And um, but I did. I, I worked really hard and got back to playing, and, and I, I had an okay season there. But just after the recount and everything, I just I don't think I was. Just, I wasn't as good as oh, as good as I was back in the younger <laughs> days. I, mean, I was just getting older. I don't know what it was, but but um, it was it was a yeah. I suppose it was a bit of a, a tough period, but I still had the drive in me to keep training and playing. I did. did I said I'm going to be retired a long time. time. I'll keep going. So I did. I did that. I kept going for a bit. And and you then um, uh, came back to the north in in '99 and uh, Mickey White uh, was in charge of Bulimbi and, yeah. and and he well, got in contact with well, you. Yeah, I used to play with Whitey and, and I live in East Coromel, just down the road from Elizabeth Park and 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 Whitey, I played with him many great years at Fremantle and we were really good friends and he took he was one of those older guys that took me under his wing when I was a young lad at Fremantle playing in the state leagues and. And he said, what are you doing? I said, man, I've just, just had our second baby. I'm really busy. I, I sort of want to keep playing, but I want to just tone it down a bit. I just want yep. to train once a week or if I can get twice a week, I will. And I, and I, but I still love playing. And, and he said, oh, I'd love to have you in goals. I just want to experience goalkeeper. And, and the pitch up there is really good. Good bunch of guys. Um, Earl Camden rang me. He said, oh, I'm going to sign for Bulimbi. Do you want to come here? We, we got on quite well. We are working and talking a lot to each other at work. And I said... You know why not? I'd play for Bulimbi and just have some fun, and and I did. I had fun. We, we weren't the greatest side, but um, it was it was it was okay. It was playing in the first division. I think the best team in that league that year was probably Tarawana. Yep. And um, I remember playing against Tarawana, and they were, yeah, they were, they were a good side. And and um, I think that was the only time I ever played against Dave Kirby. I think he played for Tara, and I played <laughs> for Bulimbi. It was amazing. We'd never actually really played against each other. It was, it was pretty funny. That, um... and, a, and a lot of these, um, I guess, connections um, with some of these signings and different clubs were were down to, you know, at Ferry Meadow, you know, you, yeah. you've been with Warwick, you know, and Mickey White, um, you know, a lot of this stuff is sort of interconnected in a way that um, there's always some people in your life that you then reconnect with. You do, and, and I, I sort of love about football, especially in Wollongong, we all... We all um... We all, you know, used to be tough out on the pitch, but off the pitch, you know, I go back to the days when, like, three or four clubs would all go back to the frat. Yep. And, you know, if I was with Ferry Meadow, we'd come back for an away game. The Wolves would come back from interstate, fly, you know, fly into Sydney. They'd all come back to the frat. The yep. Wollongong United boys would come in, and everyone was together, you know. They were great days down at the fraternity club, a real football culture, a real football club. Yep. And we all got on. We all bantered each other. We all had beers. And there's so many good stories were told, and and I, I really, I really miss those days a bit. Yeah. So with um, sort of uh, end of the century and coming into two thousand, you you then um, were were called by by Gaffney, Larry Gaffney, yeah, and, Gaff, and, Gaff, and a um, bit of a different role here. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gaff, Gaff um, or a double role, should we say? Gaff always, you know, had had some respect for me, and I, I did. Gaff as well, and he said, "Look, Johnny, I've got the I've got the reins at um, at Wests. Yep, uh, they've got some good sponsorship through the club. We've got, I'm putting a good side together, yep. and I want you to come along and play, but also be the goalkeeper coach." He goes, "I've got a young there's a young keeper there, Frankie, and um, 
and then later on, um, a young keeper I had a lot to do with was uh, Scotty Whalen. So Scotty and Maddie Whalen. Yeah, the Whalen. Good friends of mine. I still work with with Maddie. He's he's, he's our physio at the Wolves, and yeah. Maddie was a goalkeeper. Yeah. So me and him speak speak the same language, you know. And, um, <laughs> but he also works for FFA, and he's he's a great physio. He's the best. But his brother Scotty was a a really good keeper. So I went to West and I and I trained and I played pre-season games. I played some comp games. Um, young Frank was good, and I was coaching Frank. And and I suppose um, well, I, st- I sort of started coaching a little bit at Bullambi. So I'd go down there, and and there was a, a keeper in in the reserve grade, and he was a bit hot and cold. He's a great guy. He's a real clubman. Can't remember his name escapes me at the moment. Anyway, and I used to give him some goalkeeping training, and. He was outstanding in the, and they used to say to me, what have you done to this guy? Like, he's, he's player of the year, he's best and fairest, he's man of the match nearly every week. And I said, i just give him a session a week. It's yeah. fun, you know, because he just trained me. And so I sort of got, I've always wanted to be a coach. Yeah. But it, I just sort of knew, I always knew it'd be something I'd be good at. And then watching people just improve under my coaching was a real buzz. A lot of really, satisfaction. Really, it's a lot of satisfaction. So when Gaff asked me to do that role, I said, this is awesome, I'll go down there and I'll keep fit, I'll play when they need me, either first grade or reserve grade, and I'll coach the goalkeepers. And it was great, it was a really good bunch of guys, and, 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 I, and that's exactly what happened, I ended up playing a lot of games in first grade, we had a really good reserve grade team, I played reserve grade games, Scotty Whalen come along, who was a gun young keeper, New South Wales Institute, Australian schoolboys, and I actually... I actually wanted him to play first grade, yeah. so I was coaching him, thinking, "No, nah, this is one of the, this is a future gun goalkeeper," you know. And he was, he was very good. But then he had to go on tour, so I had to play first grade, and I actually <laughs> come back into first grade and played really, really well. I was surprised myself. <laughs> and the team went well. We got to the final, and we should have been home and hose. We're two one up, and. Oh, Long story. Someone took their shirt off and got sent off. And, yeah, you know. I, I, speaking to Richard Lloyd, anyway, it was Dave Cooter, and it was Dave Cooter. Yeah, and and and, and Lloydy loves telling this story because him and I are really yeah. good friends. And and he, unfortunately for you, he did retell it in his he, um, The game went into extra time. We're down to ten men. We, I don't think we adjusted properly, and we got done. And Lloydy, Lloydy put the last goal past me of my career. That was that was retirement for me. The year two thousand, which was a a great year because of that role I did. Yeah. I knew I, I knew I was coming to an end, but I was still in that competitive mode. I was still winning semi-finals and playing games and and playing against a lot of mates. So playing against you know Stevie Krishna in that final, um, Stevie Krishna, Richard Lloyd, Manny Mavridis, all good mates oh, of mine. Playing for and, Olympic, um, yeah. Two of them scored, unfortunately, but Richard in particular he put that one away, and um, he never lets me live it down. And yeah, I walked <laughs> off. We didn't make the grand final. The Olympic ended up beating us in extra time. They played Port. That was my last game. I threw my boots and gloves in the bin. I said, that's it for me, boys. I'm retired. I'm going to start coaching. Wow. And and, and where did you go next in terms of coaching? Um, oh, can I just say one more little story about that? Yeah, yeah. That, that year, 2000, always reminds me of the Wolves. I'll never forget this story. Playing four Wests in first grade at Fig Tree. Yep playing a gun Kembla Warra side and we absolutely belted them, wiped the floor of them, uh, 5-0. We had a young Shane McGurr, great yeah, player. Yeah. Anyway, that was the day, I'm pretty sure that was the day the Wolves were playing in Perth. Perth. 
And my wife had actually bought me a ticket to fly over, and I got a cousin in Perth, so I'd arrange. So, so myself and Daniel Hastings, and I think Doc from the Walls, and yep. we ended up meeting Louis up there, and, his, his, and, and Kim drove us up. We went up there straight after the game, straight in the shower, <laughs> straight to the airport, straight to Perth, and then witnessed one of the greatest games yeah, in football history. Ever Seriously, seen. we were sitting right in the middle of the Perth Glory fans, and I'll never forget it. You know, Chippers, Matty Horsley. Penalties. penalties. You know. The game had everything, and it was it was just a culmination of a great weekend. Great win for West, getting <laughs> over there. And I just never forget that. The two things I remember that year, yeah, Olympic Games. My last, last sorry, three things, Olympic Games, last year of football, and the Wollongong Wolves game. But, um, yeah, so pretty much that led me. I already started coaching, obviously, yep. but the, I'd go giving the game away, and I... And I, and I I started coaching and, and I I, um, I got back in touch uh, like coaching wise. Me, me and Dave Curley were starting to yep. talking about doing stuff together and, and then um, and um, and we did. We actually we actually got together and ran a couple of really good goalkeeping clinics, which the Laura Football Association didn't like us doing that because we're doing yep. our own thing. And, and a couple of people come a couple of people come down on us a bit about that, but they were very successful and they were really good. And they were, were, I still coach a couple of keepers today that were still kids at that clinic. That's how long ago. Like they were little kids. And, um, you know, guys like Benny Woodshaw, Oliveira. And, yeah, that was, that was good fun. And then Dave, Dave left the area. He went up and did some coaching up and moved up to the North Coast. And, and Glenn Fontana got in contact with me and said, look, I'd really like you to do clinics for football south coast yep. it's called the Elvira soccer association, association. Oh, and coaching for them so i was doing the, the young academies i was doing the clinics and and it was fine because there's lots of good young talented goalkeepers coming through and i was working and you know busy at home two yep. young kids renovating all the time but that was pretty much the start of my coaching career back then i um i really I really enjoyed working with the young ones, and but I still, I still, um, as some of those keepers got a bit older, the younger ones, um, I, 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 I started a really good relationship with uh, Fernhill Football Club, yep. and and I started uh, pretty much a, a goal, you know, the South South Coast Goalkeeping School, like a yep. goalkeeping academy at, based at Fernhill, and they gave me the ground and the lights on a Monday, and uh, and I started coaching the senior goalkeepers. And in return, I was I was coaching some younger keepers, keepers on the main come. pitch, and that was the start of my coaching career with with some of those goalkeepers. A lot of them went on to become really good Premier League goalkeepers, State League goalkeepers, as well as doing the young ones with Glenn Fontana. Yep, um, up at Coolabong Oval. As part of that ISA. Yeah, start, start of all that. Yeah, it was it was good. It was getting me involved, and then I started getting my coaching licenses and and, um, and and then and then even at Fernhill working with some really good coaches like Alan Payne yep. Alan, Alan was a great he's a great coach and he was like the director of football for the whole I don't know it was a Sutherland area or the eastern suburb eastern districts or something like a very respected coach and then I hit it off really well with him because I loved the brand of football he was playing and, and, and he really liked the way I, I kept his goalkeepers in tune. Yeah. So we got on really well and, yeah, it was a good relationship. Still is. And then in uh, 2002, uh, 
you start your association with with the wolves. Yeah, I was doing. Uh, I got asked to do the, the junior keepers again, so I had young guys like you know Adam Rodriguez, um, Adam Kamchevsky, Paul Bits, Justin Passfield. Yep. I was sort of doing the young ones then, and I'd actually that's back in the days when I was still in a bit of shape, so I'd actually do a little bit of training with them and yep. it was really good fun and I'd do a little bit with them and do the serving and 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 that was that was really good it was um that was great doing getting involved with the Wolves kids again so I was, I was starting to get a bit busy coaching actually yep. I was starting to and did you, know, you like that idea of giving something back and oh, and, sure. and passing on good habits and and like you said before not just the physical training but talking about the mental preparation and, and yeah. the different aspects to goalkeeping. Yeah, I, could, I mean, I couldn't get out there and, 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 and watch all the keepers play. I was busy with my young family and everything. Yeah. But what I would do is I'd, I'd ask coaches, I'd, I'd get feedback, and I'd say, how'd they go, how do you, what, in your opinion? And, and, and then, and then I'd, I'd, I'd have a little one-on-one with them or I'd chat with them, and, and yeah, some, some their body language is poor, some their technique is poor, some their mentality is poor. So when it comes to goalkeeping, there's a, there's a whole package of things that you need to assess that you have to put together to make a good goalkeeper and and all those things come into play you know it's not just how you catch a ball it's not just <laughs> how you kick a ball it's is a lot it's a, that's what i call it i call it the total package and and when i coach that's what i try to produce and uh, even though that coaching bug had really bitten you you were sort of in this period there sort of 2003 to 2006 you were were playing, you got back into playing again and, and playing with a, a great amateur club in the area that um, is synonymous not just for being successful but a good club off the field, and that's Paul Kimbler Pumas. Oh, some of the best years of my football career was playing amateurs for these guys. They were fantastic. Orlando Cato rang me up and said, um, I think Johnny Danzo might have contacted me first, and they said, I'll put you in, t- in, in touch with Orlando. and and they said, look, we've got, we've got a goalkeeper, but he's, he's got some stuff on. And um, we'd like, I said, who plays in the team? And they started to rattle off. I said, wow, you guys, oh, we're, we're pretty good. I said, oh, sound pretty good. I said, what is it? It's, it's like it's amateur first division. Yeah. We're all older guys, most of us, but we, you know, guys like Dom Cario <laughs> and Dans and, and Dino D'Amico and, and all guys like that. And, and then I made so many, I made, I rekindled friendships and yep. I made new friendships. And that club, I played four years for them in, in the first division amateur, which wasn't a bad standard, no, let me tell you. Not. There were some really good players. Like some of the, the rivalry we, we had with the old Coniston boys and then the half Olympic, oh my God, what yeah. a team. They had Cotter, Lloydie. Peter Willis. Peter Willis. Yep. Um, Manny Mavridis. They had so many good players. John Danzo ended up going back and playing for them and, and I'll, I'll never forget some of those games. They were like full on. <laughs> like you were back in... It was like back in the day, full on, in the zone, competitive, hard hard matches, close games. But it was a really good period of my life. I mean, I didn't. I said to them, look, I can't train. They used to get yeah. trained. I said, I can't train. I'll just turn up on a Saturday and play. I'd love to. And and um, we'd play and win most of the time and, and always go back to the frat for dinner, drinks, and just a great social bunch of guys. And, um, and um, it's funny, my old mum, who... Always used to watch me as a kid and then as a senior. <laughs> I think she was missing watching me play yeah. and I was coaching you know, and she actually started watching the Pumas and and she started Mum would always bring cakes and cookies and donuts <laughs> and and they said, Mrs. Crash, you're you're coming every week, you know. And they gave her a supporter of the year, 
10 years in a row, even though I only played for four years, <laughs> she just kept going because she, she was... She was a widow, and, and she and plus the she, the nice people that they and, are, and they yeah. just accept her and loved her, and she loved them, and and I love that club. If anything, not not just it's just that the way they treated my mum, like she was, oh. she loved it. It was an amazing period, actually. We, the four years I played, it was four four grand finals in a row. We won. No, we lost the last. We lost the last one. I don't know how. I kept the clean sheet. Kept the clean sheet an extra time. Saved three penalties and we still were lost. <laughs> I think we missed every penalty. It was amazing. And, and um, it's just one of those games. So, but good memories, you know. We all, after the game, all went for a drink again. And, and um, then I finally gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was full on coaching only. And, and what about uh, the World Cup in 2006? Oh, um, another great story. God. Um, so, I've got vivid memories of being a nine-year-old watching the soccerers in 1974 yeah. and thinking how amazing and then going being at that Uruguay qualifier in Sydney yeah, I was, there was as well. the most amazing night like I don't think we'll ever top that at a sporting event no, in this was... country ever I don't care what anyone says that was ridiculous yeah just even um, it was just you know coming out uh, booing the Uruguayans and and just the atmosphere. I'm not and proud of it, but I booed their anthem as well. Yeah, no, because, I, I because must admit that I did as well. And they, they, they were ruthless, and they were win at all costs, and they, they did anything to unsettle us. And we, that's where Australia finally grew up and said, you know what, we're not just easy beats anymore. Yeah. We're going to give as good as we get, and 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 we give it to them. We give and, it to them. The crowd give it to them, and and the, the game was fantastic. The result obviously was fantastic, and and. Yeah, pretty much. My wife, Lisa, was working up at Morales Travel and booking people every day. Hey, Mrs. Cradge, hey, Mrs. Cradge. And then she'd come home and said, I'll book such and such. I said, wow, I know we've got three kids, but I'd love to go to the World Cup. And um, a couple of weeks later, I got a phone call saying, well, you're going. And then wow. um, I got you on a flight. Singapore Airlines. I said, is it return? <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Um, so I rang my relatives in Germany, got a bed to stay where I stayed in Nuremberg, and they said, come over. I had no tickets, nothing, and, and I can quickly tell this story, because it's yeah, amazing yeah, how definitely. it worked out. I, I was working in Woolies Ferry Meadow, of all places, and Blake Montgomery, great player for Fern Hill, yeah. married to Scotty Chipperfield's sister, yeah? So we're all, we're all friends, we're connected, all intertwined, yep. connected somehow, and, and he said to me, look, uh, I told him my story that I'm actually going, but I've got no tickets, and he said, well, you know, maybe... I can help you out there through Scotty and Scotty was playing for FC Basel and the Socceroos obviously and a few phone calls to cut a long story short it was um, at the end they, they got me a couple of tickets to Australia versus Japan wow. Australia versus Brazil and I think Glenn Fontana was fantastic he got me tickets to Australia Croatia so there's you know my heritage yeah. playing against my, my, my country and I got the tickets to see all those three games. Plus, I got to see quite a few others. I could talk all day. That was a great month. But I did get to the World Cup, and it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And and also uh, probably one of the great experiences for yourself as well was uh, coaching your sons in, in their junior teams. Uh, talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, well, I got involved with Fern Hill and, and, and my, my oldest boy, Nathan, he, um, he was playing with a couple of friends and then, and then uh, an old mate of mine, Murray Brown, his boy was playing at a team at Fern Hill and, and, and Muzzer lives around the corner and I said, oh, look, the boys, 
actually, we got we got a few of them together and played a bit of futsal yep. at Indoor down at um, Ferry Meadow there. And I said, look, Marzo, I'd love to, I'd love to come along to Fernhill and help out. You know, coach the team with our boys in it, and you can help me. And he was yep. keen on the idea. And we we uh, we had a good little side, you know, down at Fernhill. We had a great little team, had a lot of success, and a great bunch of parents, and and coached that team for a few years, and then. Nathan lost a little bit of interest. He's more of a musician these days. Yep. Soccer was never his number one thing. He's more of an artist and he's a muso, yep. and I'm very proud of him for that. And, um, but my other boy, Josh, uh, he, he started playing, and he said to me, oh, Dad, I'd love to be a goalkeeper, because he used to come up to the academy and train with me. And he had a bit of ability, and I yep. said, well, don't do it Just for because me, of me because of me. Yep. You've got to yep. do it because you, it's really hard to do it. And he goes, yeah, yeah, he tried out a few different sports. He was a good swimmer, he played a bit of league, played a bit of tennis, they did a bit of everything. And um, But he set his mind on being a goalkeeper. And, and I started coaching him as well, which is, it's pretty, it's, it's hard coaching your own son, but I've got a lot of satisfaction out of coaching Josh because he really, he really become a really good goalkeeper, but he, he's got a, what might be a career-ending injury now with his wrist. It's a very bad injury that he can't. The worst part about being a goalkeeper, if your wrist is gone, you can't do much. You know, you can fix knees and shoulders and, and, and ankles, but the wrist is a is a hard one for a goalkeeper. But I must be proud to have had uh, direct involvement, yeah, not just as a as a sort of you know d- being a family uh, mum or a dad, but to coach your kids. Yeah, it, it must be proud. It, 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 is, it was great. It was some tough times and good times and then and some people do judge you sometimes it's very hard to get yeah. your kids you shouldn't push them and all this and I say oh, you know you, you just do it because they're your yeah. children you get involved I and mean, that's what most mum and dads do anyway you know so um, it was it was uh, it was it was good it was great and and, and what happened uh, next um, you know you had some success with uh, uh, a young keeper by the name of Dimmy Pullis. Oh yeah, look, because I, I started, I started getting a little bit of a, a uh, name, a name for reputation. goalkeeper coaching reputation, and and um, I think it was Earl Camden. He said, "Look, there's a Wollongong Wolves uh, girls team, and she's a really good young goalkeeper. She's never had any coaching, but she's a natural." And I went down and gave her a couple of sessions, and I thought, "Wow, this girl's got a bit of ability, you know." And and she started training with me regularly, and um, and and she was she was great, good keeper, good work ethic. And today she still does like personal training stuff. But it's a good, it's good going back because I, I just I had a lot of success with female goalkeepers back then because because I'd get them in training with the boys and, yep. and so just off the top of my head, so, so Dimmy went from being the Wolves keeper and then the Stingray started and within a year she was like um, you know goalkeeper of the year two years in a row for New South Wales Premier League, which is wow. a great achievement. And then she got a scholarship over America. She cleaned up over there. She won, she won, I think, two years in a row. She went, But before going, she made the Matilda squad. She was on the bench against Japan at ANZ. This is all within two years. It was amazing. So Huge transformation. So when I saw that, I thought, wow, I've got... I'm, I'm actually okay at this, you know, and, <laughs> and, and I really want to do this and I want to get better and better at it. And... and um, and so, yeah, so, so some girls started coming along, like Sarah Gollop, you know, she'd yep. only played for nine months and then all of a sudden she was in the New South Wales. She started tra- we started training together and she was in the, the, the um, Institute squad. Then she made the Young Matilda squad. Then she became the Stingrose goalkeeper because Dimmy was overseas. Like, Dimmy went to W League, Sydney yeah, FC. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and Sarah became the keeper. So I had them try to train them with the boys and they went through the roof, the girls. They, 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 so... 
I don't know, something about girls, they, they just learn quicker. Yep. You know, they just do. I think they take things in better than the boys. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, Sarah, Sarah went on. Yeah, Young Matilda squad, Keeper of the Year for New South Wales again. And then, and then Brownie rings me up. Brian Brown, old, old soccer mate of ours, Aboriginal guy, who, here's another funny story. Back in the day, they used to have a seven-a-side team, yeah. all the Aboriginal boys, and I was the only... They asked me to be in goals. Obviously, I wasn't original, but um, I had so much fun playing with those guys and, and formed some great friendships. Played with Macca Davis. Yeah, Meadow, that's right. With, with and against Brian Brown. He was actually in that Wollongong United team. There was Sonny Browns, a whole bunch of them, great guys. Yeah. Most of them down that day at me partway. Um, I had a lot of fun doing that. It was Mario Mastriani's seven-a-side knockout for charity. And I think we made the final against a gun team that was like Alex Bondolo, Zivko Rostovsky, Peter Corbett and I. was like, these were gun players. And we made the final. It was fantastic. But um, but back in the day, that's what players did, you know. There was the Donnie Walkinshaw knockout um, yeah. at, at Coldale. So all the boys would get together and go and play in the off-season. Yeah, and, and then there was the Davy Hall at, at um Yeah, no, I'd heard, I'd heard of these, uh, yeah, yeah, these knockouts. All these guys back in the 80s, and I was like 18, and, I, and they'd asked me to come and play, and I, you know, I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> I could have got injured, but I, I did, because that's just what we did back then, you know, it was, it was more, more for the fun of it. But going back to um, the girls, yeah, then come along, uh, Brownie rings me up and says, um, I've got a girl playing at the Albion Park. She's a good sportswoman. And I saw her playing out for now. I just looked at her, and I said, wow, nice body. Yep. Uh, language, positioning, good hand-eye, good athlete. I introduced myself. I said, what do you do? She said, I'll play about four different sports. And I said, would you like to pursue goalkeeping? Because I think I could turn you into something if you train. And, and yeah, I'd love to. And she started training with the boys as well. And um, wow, within a year, Matilda's, um, and sorry, Stingrays and, and Paulie Jones and Matilda's goalkeeper coach saw her playing invited her to camps and then he invited her to go play for Canberra W League and, and she's still our sting race keeper and she's still in the W League now and and she works for the same glove company that I work for she's a great girl and so just saying it's nice that that kids I started coaching have all all went on to have decent and, and her name was Trudy Trudy Burke yeah, Trudy. yeah she's a great girl and Lisa Hartley's another one. She was she was also in Matilda's school. She was training with me. She played for Marconi Central Coast Stingrays. She's uh, she's giving the game away, but she was a really good goalkeeper. So at this well, point so. in time, it's it's really I guess uh, in a positive way consumed, you know, um, what you do in 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 a footballing passion, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was I was getting busy actually, and and and, and a lot of the, the the boys that I started young were getting very. Um, not only did I have my my walls commitments. Um, so in 2000 and in 2008, um, Glenn Fontana once again um, yep. he helped me out a lot in my early career. Glenn did. I've got a lot to thank him for. Uh, Glenn Glenn asked me to do the senior. I was doing the juniors. He said, "John, yep. um, I know you always wanted to do it. Um, I think Warwick was doing it, and Warwick had a lot of commitments with work. Um, I want you to do the senior goalkeeping job at the Wolves and." So I've done a lot of kids, started with the girls, and then, and then also, and now, um, and the year before, the Wolves had a, a, a really good side, and they'd won the grand final, yep. but a lot of those players had left, so I was coming in fresh with some two goalkeepers that I didn't even know, they signed from Sydney, and there was a young Adam Rodriguez, who I always yep. rated Adam, um, unfortunately Adam left, but I would have, I would have, to be honest, I would probably would have had Adam in the first team back then, he was a great young keeper. 
but um, but then I was also coaching a whole bunch of young keepers on the on, on the side at Fernhill guys like Benny Wunsch, Charles Oliveira. And there was a young good young keeper called Ty Young. There was Scotty Whalen, Kyle Zerner. Um, there was Paul Bits. Um, there was um, there's also a really good young goalkeeper that that ended up playing professionally for years overseas was Tommy Archibald. Yep. Fantastic goalkeeper. So I had a lot to do with Tommy in the early days. He was just a like a refugee kid out here from the Balkans as a 14-year-old. And, and Eddie Tesoro at the Wolves said, look, you've got to go check this keeper out. He's really good. He's, he's training with Coniston first grade. And I said, yeah, I'll go check him out. So I started training um, uh, Conno's keepers for a bit, just uh, Stevie Scott Klevsky and, and a young Tommy Archibald. And I thought, wow, this kid's got a lot of talent. And and, um, and then, then we drafted him into the Wolves and he was there for a bit. And then... Um, and, oh, my God, it's... Yeah, so Justin, Justin Passfield I had as the young, the young goalkeeper. He ended up going to AIS and, yeah. then, and then coming back. He had a year at Bally. Yeah, that's and right. And he had a year in Wolves, I think, and then Sydney FC when the A-League started. So Justin... And it's really nice to have Justin back. I get on really well with Justin and it's... And he's a pleasure to coach and, and he's back as our number one and our captain at the moment still as we speak. So I'll go way back. It's amazing with, having that sort of life yeah, cycle yeah, with these it's, guys. It's, 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 and, I, I and rattle off all these names, but men I'm quite proud of uh, not only forming really good friendships with these guys, just seeing them succeed in life. You know, they're good, they're good, good guys, good ladies, good keepers. So with this sort of, you know, it's been, you know, uh, I guess 12, 12 odd years where you've, you're doing sort of both. Um, you know, I'm assuming with the help of other people at times, but you're doing junior and senior wolves. You yeah, know, is, yeah, is there a real yeah. benefit for that to happen in the sense that they're getting sort of one message yeah. from? Well, for a couple of years it was becoming too much. And yep. I said, I, I can't do the juniors. I've just got, yep. I've got another baby on too the way. Too much on your plate. So I had three babies, three kids by then, young kids, low commitments. Too much on but I wanted to do the senior job, so yep. I took a step back from there. So I still did do my Fernhill coaching and, and the Wolf seniors, and, um, and 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 I still did a little bit of academy coaching with, with Glenn up there at Coolabong. Um But yeah, pretty much, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't overcommit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot. There's only so much one person so much can I, do. I can do, but um, and 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 yeah. how do you find it in terms of? Uh, working with with different guys, you know, you know, clubs get different coaches. You know, like you've worked with Jacob, you've worked with Richard, you worked with Trevor Morgan, you've worked with, and then then on the side, Glenn Fontana. How do you how do you um, sort of find it working with different coaches, being the goalkeeper uh, coach? Oh, it's it's awesome because the goalkeepers are a special breed, so they need that little bit of special um, attention, training, and and yep. and one on one conversations. Um, but also the modern goalkeeper is very much a team player He's the, he or she is the start of the attack yep. they hold things together at the back but they also start a lot of attacks they, they play a higher line it's a, yep. it's a real crucial crucial position on yeah, the football pitch these days and um, so so yeah so I, I, I might discuss with the senior coach about the, the role they want Do they yep. want more of an attacking keeper maybe some coaches bit more of a defensive keeper Um, some coaches like they don't care if they're not the best shot stopper but if they're really good with their feet and their distribution they'll take that other coaches will say well I want everything I want (laughs) good with their feet but I also want unbelievable in the air and I want a really good shot stopper and 
I've got to create, like I said earlier, I've got to create that package yeah, for the head coach. And and I whoever I coach, I devise session plans, plans but also warm-ups. And a lot of the Clippers are very regimented in what they do. Yep. Some want a, a really full-on warm-up. They raise a sweat. They really work hard. Others want a very easy warm-up. Not too much. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. So you sort of got to manage, massage them. Just how... Yeah, they're different personalities as well, but you get over over the years. I get to learn what they want and how to do it and how to get the best out of them. One thing I like doing is after I warm them up, yep. I want them to go and start that game feeling a million bucks. They yeah. walk out there like they just feel top notch and they are unbeatable. And can you tell that you know with so much experience now that when when guys uh, or girls men or women go out into the pitch you can pretty much tell in that first 20 or 30 seconds how they're yeah, looking you yeah. can assess body language I, I, pretty well I, I can yeah i'm a very good judge of the body language and and, and you know i'll have a chat you know is everything okay yeah. you know um you know everyone's got a personal life things yeah. might be happening um some of it vocal some are quiet concentrating some banter a bit before the game they're all a bit different but you, you just gotta you just get to know them and um I've worked with some really good goalkeepers and, and um, yeah, so someone like a, a, a Tommy Marnos will want, he'll, he'll have a session like, like almost a goalkeeping session before he plays, but a very fit kid, you know. Yeah. Ended up being a great keeper for us. And, um, and then someone like Jozo, very regimented and does the same, the same warm-up. Same basic warm up before Once every game. This, this, is, this is what I do. This is how I do it. This is, you know. So we devised a session for Justin, and been doing that for four years now. It's worked a treat because he's been outstanding. Well, some might say he's in the twilight of his career, but like you said, you know, probably an hour ago in this interview, keepers are, are lasting a lot longer now. And and do you think yeah. do you think yeah. that is partly because there's people like yourself? giving specific coaching there's sports science people yep, are keeping fitter exactly. but yep. but yep. you know there's i guess when you were starting your career you know you might have had the the casey's the mike johnson's yeah. that would do a bit extra before you got to sydney creation well, you had ron Corey. but let's face it some of the money money these days is pretty good you can be a 34 35 year old goalkeeper and if you're a top goalkeeper uh, you'll still make some some good money so it's worth keeping yourself in shape sharp yep. fit goalkeeping fit physically fit mentally healthy um, because you're going to be rewarded for it whereas back in the older days a lot of the goalkeepers just gave it away to you know, yeah. get back into their careers and, and yeah. stuff like that so the younger keepers had more opportunity to come through so that's 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 where it's a bit concerning that we're not yeah, a lot yeah. of the younger ones are not playing you're saying now that that pipeline it's not coming through because of what's available at, at, at the top end of yeah, or even yeah. in the state leagues to a certain yeah. extent yeah, it's it's um, and the, the A League's sort of recycling a lot of the same goalkeepers. Whereas I sort of wish, number one, I don't think they should import any goalkeepers. Yep. No imported goalkeepers. We've always traditionally been a very strong goalkeeping country. We've got some really good goalkeeper coaches. We should be able to produce good goalkeepers to at least play A League. And there's some good mate. There's some good guys in the state league that can play A League. Justin could still play A League easy. Easy. So, uh, as we sort of, uh, I guess, come to uh, the end of the interview, um, when you look back at 
at how you've contributed to, um, I guess, not only your other playing career, but your, your second career being um, a coach. You must be proud of the, the boys and girls, the men and women that you have helped, I guess, evolve as goalkeepers and, and uh, as well as people. Yeah, yeah, because there's a there's a list of keepers that you know you can you can rattle through that that are just uh, amazing. Number one, you form really good friendships, and and number two, it's um, it's um, it's I get a lot of satisfaction out out of watching people turn into not only good goalkeepers but really good people, like you said, like they're. Most of them are like successful. Uh, they're resilient. They've got good character. They're yep. confident. And and I've had parents come up to me like because you remain friends with them. And, yeah. And they might not see me for a few years, but they'll come up and they'll, they'll give me a kiss, a handshake, a cuddle, and say, "You did a you did a lot for our boy or our girl um, growing up," and that gives me a lot of satisfaction. And yeah, it's good catching up with the boys recently at the fundraiser. It was a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun. And, and 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 on um and a, and a big plus as well on on the on the charity side of things. Um, talk about keepers for Chloe that that happened in, in uh, recent times. Oh, that was fantastic. So as you know, really good friends with my good mate David Curley, a goalkeeper. He he coaches as well at Tarawana, and now he's got the Stingrays job. And um, funny enough, we, we also we're also musers. We play in a band together, and occasionally we get together and. We were jamming in my back shed and he just said, oh, I want to put something to you. Um, it's a young girl, Chloe, is being diagnosed with very serious illness. Mm. Uh, I said, oh, my God. He goes, I, I want to... I've, I've been bouncing some ideas off Tarawana Blueys and I want to do a, a marathon goalkeeping clinic uh, and I'd love you, to, love you to be by my side. And I said, oh, no-brainer, mate. I'm there, 100%. <laughs> and um, it was fantastic. A lot of organising. Credit to Dave and Tarawana. They were fantastic. I just said, look, I'll, I'll be there. I'll help out. I'll Yep. I have to coach 15 sessions in a row. I'll, I'll coach, no worries. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've still got that in me. So, and, and we had old keepers, old school keepers, friends. We had Wolves, we had Stingrays, we had junior clubs. We had um, some, of the, some of my keepers that I coached as kids that I was talking about earlier. They formed a, a team called Cradges Keepers versus <laughs> Wallers Rejects. And, and we put on a show and the crowd loved it. And it was, just, it was just entertaining. It was fun. And there was just so much love and respect and... And we raised thousands of dollars for this um, poor girl, and it was it was just awesome. It was just such a feel good event, and it was all about goalkeeping, which yeah. is that's what Dave and I love, you know. <laughs> and um, combined a, a just, lot of uh, things. Being a part of that was an absolute pleasure, and I I take my hat off to the, to Dave and 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 Longy and the guys up there that that organised that because it was just an incredible event. Yeah, and, and credit to to people like yourself that um, support others and uh, and others that are in need. Um, and in terms of um, RG Australia, can you can you tell us a bit about oh, what just, you do there and, and just, what that's about? Just RG stands for Romero Gonzalez. He's a South yeah. American goalkeeper that was played professionally in Europe, and he started his own range of gloves and and and. And the people that work for him in Australia approached me. They'd heard some good things about me, and and um, and and I've got in contact with them, and and I become an agent for RG Australia, which is really it's just a nice little thing on the side. You know, yeah. we promote promote a really good product. I believe in them, and lots of the keepers around Wollongong are wearing RGs now, and 
and um, just uh, once again, just great people putting out a great product. It's all about goalkeeping, which is yep. which is me, <laughs> and um, it's just a, it's just a nice thing to be involved in as well. So, John, um, let's talk about a, a couple of um, other keepers and, and people um, in terms of um, their careers and, and how you've helped them. Um, who do you want to talk about first? Oh, well, I just... Um, there's been lots come and go because I've been doing this job for so long, but there's some, some really good um, young keepers that come through the ranks that have actually gone on to play professionally. I had uh, Oliver Payne from down an hour away. He was... Um, he was training with us at the Wolves, and and um, he went he went through a little bit of a rough patch playing there as a kid, and, and a couple of the coaches didn't know whether he whether he may not kick on or have it in him, and yep. they were asking about. It. I said, look, this kid's got something, and I believe in him. And um, sure enough, a year later, he was, you know, I mean, lucky. His heritage, I think his, his dad, he's got English heritage, so yep. he, he he got some videos and sent them overseas, and. And um, he ended up training with like ten different clubs. Arsenal were interested, wow. but he ended up signing, I think, for Sunderland or something. Like that. Okay. So he's gone on to have a professional career over there. And another one that a young one that we brought in um, in the younger ranks, um, Premier Nandera, Kai Calderbank yep. Park, great young kid, lot of lot of ability. Like come in as a 13, 14 year old, got into our system, and then as soon as I saw something special there, I, I, I promoted. I got him training with the senior keepers and. And um, and he, he's been he's been great for the area. He's he's gone overseas and signed professionally for Burnley, and now he's loaned out to another club. But he's training with England internationals now. You know, and two Amazing. years ago he was down at Dalton Park with us. You know, and and credit to him is he's, 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 him and his dad and mum come back and they visit and they catch up with everyone. And he come down and met all the young keepers and took photos and talked to them about what it takes to be a professional. Which is inspirational in itself. Really inspirational. Great kid. You can tell he's you know he's our national he's in our national um, setup now. You know it was nice to um, when I was doing my licensing to actually say you know I, I told the boys I said look keep an eye on him. we've got a young keeper in Wollongong I want you to yeah. keep an eye on him he's going to Burnley and. And to their credit, they did. did. They they got scouts over there. They kept in touch, and now he's in our uh, he's in our, 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 our young soccer setup, which is really great for our area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just shows uh, the work that uh, people like yourself put in, but then individuals themselves, when you know they yeah. work hard and persevere, yeah. that with yeah. with a bit of luck another and talent. Young, another young people that's come through our ranks is. Um, Leaky Genua, he's 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 just about to leave to go overseas with the Australian schoolboys. It's a great effort to make that wow. squad. So he's he's done well. We're we're sort of sort of going to loan him out to Wollongong United to get some uh, some mature game yep. time because we can't have everyone keep staying at the walls because there's yeah. just not enough teams to play for. But Luke's Luke's come right right through our system. And there's been some other great young keepers. Daniel Archibald was a great young keeper who came through our system. Um, and 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 some of the coaches that I work with all all took an interest in the young goalkeepers, you know, yep. like Maserato, Richard Lloyd, Mickey Sandler, Jacob Timpano, and Desi, and and, and and like I said, Fonny, and, and now Luke Wilkshire working with Luke's uh, amazing, you know. Don't have to say much more about his career. <laughs> he um, and then um, and then working with good mates of mine like Alfie and and Julio, and I went on an overseas coaching trip with them where we studied other cultures and training techniques and obviously I took a real interest in in the goalkeeping side of things yep. and that was a real eye-opener the facilities the professionalism the techniques 
it was just um, it was just great and bringing that back and then and then exposing exposing our keepers to it it just has as to be I positive get, as I get older I get better as a coach yep. as I get older as a player I got worse <laughs> <laughs> but as a coach you get better it's so. the opposite. and John you uh, developed uh, an award uh, uh, f- golden gloves in the Premier League can you tell us a bit about that yeah, something I'm quite proud of actually is uh, for years and years the the goalkeepers, especially after coaching quite a few of them, and and a lot of them become top Premier League goalkeepers, but they would never seem to get any recognition or awards. Yep. And um, so I approached um, um, well back then I think they were called Elora Soccer Association, um, and and Dave Naylor was the the head there and, and Dave was really positive about it and I said Dave look I really want to come up with an award this is probably the only league that doesn't have a goalkeeping award yeah. like the state leagues do and and um and, and and he was quite positive so we had a meeting about that and I and I and I devised a little way of doing it because there's no journalists at all at LOI Premier League games but mm. we come up with an idea of uh, adding it to the team sheets so that the referees and I briefed the refs I spoke to Bobby Mazevsky and a few of the referees and we had a meeting at the fraternity club and I said look here's a simple way of doing it this is what you're looking for in a goalkeeping performance Moment, it doesn't yep. have to be the the, the biggest the, the busiest goalkeeper he just has to basically do his job and do his job well yeah. and you at the bottom of the team sheet you just give him a score out of 5 and and over time the the points accumulate and and um, it ended up being great. So in the in the first division of the Conference League, they had a goalkeeper of the year for that, and then also in the LOR Premier League. And and um, we came up with a trophy, and I organised some um, some prizes, and 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 it was a, it was great. The first year was won by I think by um, Mark Schwartz's brother. I think he won yep. the first year. Yeah, and yeah. Then after that, there was a number of really great recipients. Um, you know, Mitchell Blows. Um, who else won it? Yuya Kawada's from Bulleyes won it a couple of times. Hayden Jaros um, has won it a couple of times. So some household uh, names in the league. Some really good. Some really good. Uh, Daniel Collison. I said that's the year Daniel Collison won it. That we signed him at the Wolves the next year, and he was outstanding. So, yeah, I'm really proud of that award, and it's still ongoing to this day. Um, every every football South Coast presentation night yeah, has definitely. the Golden Gloves awards, and. Um, and, and, and it's great for the goalkeepers because they actually it gives them something to strive for. There's a lot of banter between them as well. <laughs> and, um, but uh, they really look forward to uh, the end of the season and, and they, they get quite excited about who might um, who might take out the, the award for the year. So yeah, yeah, I'm very proud of that and and, and, and it's and thanks to David Naylor and, and Football South Coast and the referees for getting involved in that and, and doing a great job. No, it's a, it's definitely a recognition that's deserved, and um, when you have those night night of nights where people get awarded for for a great play during the year or consistent play, um, it's it's always good to to cover off everyone uh, on the field. So um, yeah, it is it is a very good award. And in regards to, um, and I know you've mentioned uh, your family before, but um, you know. Over the over the journey, um, you've had support from your family from day dot. Um, talk a little bit more about that, John. Yeah, oh, family support is 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 important in anyone's career, but in particular with me, I've, I've always had that rock, that person that has always been there for me, and that's my mum. Mum's mm. been great, always there, always supporting. 
and um and she she also loves getting involved wherever i'm playing whether it's <laughs> watching making donuts for the canteen whatever and 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 to this day i mean i coach at the Wollongong walls and she's still she's in the grandstand she's in the western grandstand season ticket watching every game <clears throat> because i'm involved there and she just loves being part of what i do both as when I was a player and still as a coach, even when I played amateur for the Port Canberra. Yeah, you Canada, mentioned that was, before. She came yeah, and watched she and got supporter of the year. Yeah, so, <laughs> so um, yeah, so mum, mum's always been there, and uh, I can't thank her enough for her support over the years. And um, yeah, like I said, she's still at every Wolves game, critiquing the players, the goalkeepers, <laughs> and that's quite funny actually. But uh, yeah, she's she's there at every game, and and um, yeah, I can't thank mum enough for the support she's given me over the years. Yeah, there was a uh, like you mentioned um, uh, offline. Uh, we there was a, a beautiful picture, and I'll I'll put it as part of the the collage when I upload the interview of of yourself and your mum uh, at at the uh, I think it was the final game of the year last year at the Wolves at Albert Butler, and um, it was a beautiful picture just you and her. Yeah, I, I actually asked someone to, to go and grab mum and escort her because I thought this is a, a special moment, the Australian Championship, and mm. um, and I got a nice photo with her. That was great. Oh, excellent. And when you think back at, at, at the playing career, do you think um, that, like you said, you, you took took some risks there? And the one big risk was at Sydney, Croatia, when you could have been at Wollongong, Macedonia with Casey De Bruyne. Yeah. And, um, you know, that could have gone, you know, they had a, a year in the NSL, but you took that, that risk and under veteran, it, it paid off, you know, albeit an injury, but you proved yourself straight away. Yeah, well, as a player, I suppose I did, I did make a, a bit of a name for myself up there because I, I took the risk and um, I ended up playing quite a few games. And like you said, you know, as a nice period of my life, look, it had its ups and downs, yeah. which at that level it's going to, and especially the position we play, you can, look, some keepers can be really unlucky with either injury or just yep. not being able to get a game because someone, there's always someone that the coach prefers or there's just a better goalkeeper, you know, it happens, it happens a lot, and, um, but you know, yeah, different things, injuries, sickness, transfers, whatever. <laughs> Loss of form. Coaches. Coach, coaches. Coaches. <laughs> coaches like different goalkeepers. Um, you know, uh, and I've, ex- I've experienced the highs and I've experienced the lows. And and because we've had that sort of uh, two distinct parts there to, to the interview with your playing and your coaching, um, and, and there's, you know, a sort of glint in your eye with both, and, and, and you should be proud and you are, but if you had to pick one that you prefer the most, is it playing or coaching? I oh, know it's a tough one, and that's there might a, not be. A, that's a tough. It might be equal, but is yeah, there one that you? It's a tough. But you know what? I. Another reason I'm heavily involved with the wolves is because I miss being in the shed, smelling the linen, and warming up, psyching the boys up amongst teammates. I actually, I actually love being in the shed. I'm 54 now, yep. and I, I walk in there, and I still feel like one of the boys, and 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 just revving them up and talking to the goalkeeper and warming the keeper up and just being in a squad again. It's not like playing, but it's almost like playing. But I don't know. I think, yeah, satisfaction-wise, yep. I'd have to say coaching. Yes. It's just... Um, it's not as stressful. <laughs> <laughs> 
like <laughs> like playing in goals in tight games is uh, is quite taxing mentally. Um, but it teaches you good life skills, you know. Yeah. When things aren't going right in my life, and I've had some ups and downs yeah. in my life, I, I think I think that way. I go, all right, it's ten to go. We're up one nil. I've got to defend. I've got to organise. I've got to be resilient. I've got to show strong character. I've got to keep my teammates going who are puffed and buggered yeah. and injured and sore. My job is to hold that other team out, and that's that's taught me a lot of really good things in life. Well, uh, I think uh, on that note, um, I'd like to thank you personally for allowing me into your house and 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 and, uh, and sharing your story. I, I normally um, people don't talk as long as you have, and and I think the whole interview uh, speaks volumes about who you are as a person, um, what you've given to the game as a player, but more importantly, what you give back as a coach to to a lot of young people. Um, and and to the community so um, you know John thank you and um, you should be very proud of what you've achieved and what you continue to achieve so thanks thanks very much for for being part of it you're very welcome thank you there you have it another interview done and dusted Thanks again to John for his time. I respect and appreciate him. I'm your host, Travis. Goodbye for now.